I assume you sent for me because somebody told you I was the best. Well, I'm only the best because I work with the best. If you don't trust the men you're working with, you're as good as dead. If you want to send these boys into space, fine. I'm sure they'll make good astronauts. But they don't know jack about drilling. What's your contingency plan? Contingency plan? Your backup plan. You gotta have some kind of backup plan, right? No, we don't have a backup plan. This is it. And this is the best that you could, that the, the government, the U.S. government can come up with? I mean, you, you're NASA for crying out loud. You put a man on the moon. You're geniuses. You're, you're the guys that think it's up. I'm sure you got a team of men sitting around somewhere right now just thinking up and somebody backing them up. You tell me you don't have a backup plan that these eight Boy Scouts right here, that is the world's hope? That's what you're telling me? Yeah. Oh, damn it. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Opened up with that uh, clip from the movie Armageddon, which is so pertinent right now. You know what? You don't have a backup plan. You're the United States government. You don't have a you don't have a you know a team of people coming up with a a backup plan in case this doesn't work. I have to just look at look at what's going on today and and ask the same thing. You know, we have we have the blind leading the blind out there. You know, and I have to, you know, after what we saw this week, I have to blame it all on, on Democrats, not just some Democrats, not just, Hey, if you're a Democrat, you're at fault. If you're a Democrat, you have, you have the blood of 13 uh, soldiers on your hands. If you voted for Biden, you have the destruction of the state of California on your hand, on your hands. If you have uh, if, you know, if you're a Democrat or you support Democrats or you are paying attention to the Dodgers or the or the Angels or the Lakers or the Rams or whoever else you're you're paying attention to instead of paying attention to what's important then the blood of all those people's on your hands the destruction of of California and as California goes the the country you know what I had an opportunity to uh, talk to one of our local Republican congressmen so you can narrow that down to not very many um, but he represents Riverside and Corona. And I said, I said to him face to face, uh, Thursday night, I said, when are the Republicans going to do something? Well, you know, we just don't have the votes to, why aren't you guys impeaching Biden? Why aren't you guys doing something about how the justice department is throwing people in jail for being in, in Washington DC on January 6th? Why are you allowing this stuff to happen? Why aren't you why aren't you making something something happen? Why are the Republicans so so weak? You know, we see the people that 
the Democrats from Texas that did that idiotic thing on they don't want to vote for the uh, voter registration reform. They got on a plane and went to Washington, D.C., looked like fools, but they made a statement. The Republicans, well, you know, we just don't have the votes. You don't have the majority, but we're only three votes short. You don't think with what's going on that there's not some Democrats that are going, eh, I don't feel good about what my party's doing. It's it's crazy. Hey, you know, we got Joe Biden and our backup plan is Kamala Harris. And if she doesn't work out, our backup plan is Nancy Pelosi. Do you feel like we're in a really bad place? Do you feel like we that we can survive three more years of this? We got $5 an hour, $5 a gallon gas in California. We got uh, blackouts here. We got droughts. We got a crime. We got the open border. And who's doing something about it? We just voted to leave Gavin Newsom in, in office. Idiotic. That song was uh, Round Here by Sawyer Brown. Just to remind everybody what things were like 20 years ago. Hey, this is the way the way it is and the way it's done around here. We got strong hearts and folded hands, working woman and a working man. That was 20 years ago. It's not that today. It's ugly out there, folks. And I hate to be negative, but I just don't see anything positive going on. But anyway, so before I get into what's going on this week, let me introduce myself for those of you that are tuning in for the first time. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo. That'll take you to my uh, lending page, and you can uh, put in the information you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from myself or my one of my talented teammates who will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether that's refinancing a piece of property that you own or uh, buying a piece of property that you'd like to own, whether that be in California, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Georgia, Arkansas, Florida, Tennessee, Ohio, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, or Montana, uh, I can take care of you. So if you're in California and you say and you're saying, "Hey, I'm out of here," call me. I'll get you financed. Um, if you have comments on the show, email me at ed, ed to ed at edhoffman.net and uh, follow me on uh, Twitter at Ed Hoffman and follow me on everything else. I'm at Big Ed Hoffman. The Facebook page is facebook.com/slash the main event Ed Hoffman. And uh, send me your comments. Also, don't forget, I'm doing a book signing on my uh, on my book, uh, Experience Matters. Here's mine. I'm getting a lot. It actually started shipping last last weekend. I'm getting a lot of lot of really uh, good good uh, reviews. Um, so I'm all inviting you all to my book signing at Bullseye Sport in Riverside on Saturday, September 25th. Uh, that's next weekend. Uh, so you have plenty of time to put it on your calendar. You can buy a copy of Experience Matters uh, right right there and get it signed by me. We'll chat, take a photo, have some barbecue by, uh, what's the name of the place? Graham's place in uh, over by the Mission Inn. Got great barbecue. We're having barbecue out there. Bullseye Sport, September 25th from 11 to 1. Uh, 6710 Brockton in Riverside. Come meet me. Pick up your copy of Experience Matters. See you there. All right, so before we get into what's going on, uh, with me, 
It's been a long time since you've been in here, huh? It has been a while. All right. So I got with me uh, Scott McAfee from Don's Bikes. Uh, my my often sidekick in here, uh, Scott, welcome back. Ed, it's more fun than Disneyland, which I guess isn't saying much because Disney's gone woke and they pretty much suck at this point. Oh, you know, as as Trump says, uh, um, everybody who's woke is a loser. Mm. Okay. All right. So let's talk about let's talk about the the big uh, four hundred pound gorilla in the room, the California recall. Um, as we all know by now, Gavin Newsom prevailed in the recall election. Um, not sure if that was because there's enough stupid voters in California or if it was just fraud. You know, there's a lot of mail-in votes and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of reports of people going to vote in person and finding out they already voted. I did hear about that. It's probably a combination of both, honestly. I mean, we know there's a certain amount of fraud involved, but there is also a lot of dumb people in this state as well. So probably a combination. Yeah, when I talked to uh, Ken Calvert on Thursday night, uh, he goes, you know, there's nothing worse than people, uh, you know, pe- if people think that they don't have confidence in the elections, they're just not going to vote. They're going to, they're just going to give up and we can't have that. Well, when are you going to start doing something about it? Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think this election was one that I probably got more involved than I normally do. In other words, I made a nice little contribution to his campaign. I'm sure you did too. I did. Um, I actually worked a I worked a booth, a recall booth at Bass Pro Shop for a couple weekends. Stood out in 100 degree heat, Ed. 100 degree heat for like three hours at a pop. That's yelling at everybody. It is commitment. I'm yelling at everybody in the parking lot. I was doing a lot of sidewalk comedy too. It was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, basically shaming people like, well, I don't want to put a yard sign out. My neighbor's mine. Dude, come out of the closet. Come out of the closet, man. You know, but who cares? Just give your neighbors one more reason to hate you. But I worked a booth. I was actually a poll watcher as well, Ed. Should have been wow. The, I was a poll watcher. Yeah, watch them polls, Ed. So you know what? Uh, if you look at the LA Times, uh, it shows the it shows the votes. Uh, Five million eight eighty seven four seventy one for people that said no. Don't recall them to three million three thirty five seven seventy nine sixty three percent to thirty six percent. Of course, it hasn't been updated since uh, Tuesday, and uh, this is Friday while we're recording it. Um, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty suspect. Um, I was texting back and forth with Larry, and he goes, "Hey, you know what? It looks like at the end we were only like eleven percent off. We weren't thirty percent off. Um, does it really matter? Uh, no, it really doesn't, because a loss is a loss, and." You know, I look, I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't like have big high expectations of winning going in because we do live in California. That's just a fact. So I didn't want to get like really, really depressed when the outcome that I wanted didn't happen. You know what I mean? I mean, really, that's I didn't get I didn't get depressed. It just angry. Yeah. Angry. So could this be because of fraud? Yes. Or could it be because of enough Californians were stupid? Yes. Uh, CNN calls, uh, you know, it could be because enough Californian people believe garbage like this. He has been able to reach the, the minority of voters in California who embrace his his white supremacist <laughs> worldview. His um, views were shaped by a, a well-known white supremacist oh. named Jared Taylor, who he repeatedly quoted in early writings, um, that he plans to reverse all of the state's progress on immigrant rights and racial justice, um, and that he poses a very real threat to communities of color. You know, it's funny that brings up, uh, you probably could find it on YouTube somewhere out there. Uh, Larry Elder had a, uh, had a caller into his show and, uh, said something about, well, you know, if you were black, you'd understand different. He goes, I am black. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, and, and really when you think about it, isn't that what the left wants is equity, equity, right? There's all these, you know, minority quotas and you can only hire so many people. Doesn't it make logical sense to get rid of Gavin Newsom, a white guy 
you know, kind of the epitome of like, you know, rich white guy, get him out of there and, uh, you know, put uh, put someone of color in the governor's mansion. Didn't, didn't that make sense? Hey, it, it uh, made sense for the for the uh, vice president's mansion. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> anyway, of course, we had uh, Newsom and Biden uh, around California saying stuff like this. We may have defeated Donald Trump, but we have not defeated Trumpism. Trumpism is still on the ballot in California. The leading Republican running for governor is a uh, the closest thing to a Trump clone that I've ever seen in your state. You know, Trump's obviously occupying space in their heads rent free. But you know what? After after eight months of of Biden, don't you think people in California are going going, man, we miss Trump. Things are how can they how can they see what's going on and not recognize that Trump had it right, and the Democrats I'm not even just say Biden Demo, the Democrats are idiots. Yeah, and you know when that really strikes home for me, and I know you're hearing this as well. More and more people leaving California. I'm hearing this daily now, and, and the people that haven't left are, are all telling me. You know, well, this is where we plan on going, especially after this election. Mm-hmm. I think you're seeing you're going to see an even larger exodus of the productive people who actually make this state work. You know, they're they're going to places like Idaho or Arizona or Texas, Montana. Florida. Yep, Montana. They're leaving, and I think that that says it all. There's this, I guess, for the first time, we've got an exodus, more people leaving than coming in. Hey, so for those of you that haven't read my book, Experience Matters, there's three chapters in there about market cycles and and uh, real estate investing. And for those of you that thinking, hey, you know what, uh, this is pretty good time, but the prices keep going up. This is not going to continue. This is not going to continue. You have to be able to look look at what's going on around you and see what is going to be the result of this and the and the uh, prices of houses in California is going to turn around. It's going to turn around as more people are leaving than are coming in. So on Election Day Tuesday, so I'll just put, throw that in kind of off the subject. But on Election Day Tuesday, Martha McCallum asked Larry to react to those comments. Well, notice they did not hit Cindy's record on the rise in crime. Uh, violent crime up 41% in Los Angeles, where I am. By that, I'm talking about shootings uh, and murders. They didn't defend his record on rise of homelessness. When, when uh, Gavin Newsom ran for mayor in 2004 in San Francisco, he promised to end the homelessness in that situation in that city in 10 years. Have you been to San Francisco? They haven't defended his record on the declining quality of our public schools, on the fact that he was at that uh, famous French laundry restaurant incurring a $12,000 wine tax that we paid for. And the reason all these people have come in and cut commercials for Gavin Newsom is they're afraid that this kid from the hood who went to public school is going to break that sorcerer's spell that the Democratic Party has had over black and brown voters. And all of a sudden, they'll elect somebody who's a conservative Republican who will improve the schools, improve the homeless situation, bring down the cost of living. The average price of a home in California just hit $800,000. All these people who come in and try to keep Gavin Newsom's job, they've never uttered the following words. They've never uttered the following words. He's done a good job for the people of California. And obviously at that point in the day, Larry seemed confident that he was ahead. So many people are going to vote yes on the recall. There won't be any question about the outcome. I just hope my opponent is willing to accept the results when he loses. And are you willing to accept the results if you lose, or are you claiming already that there's something fraudulent here? Do you think there's any fraud in this election as you see it right now? 
I, I have a uh, electelder.com so that anybody, whether they're Democrats, Independents, or Republicans, if there's anything you see or hear that's suspicious, let us know and we'll investigate it. I have every, I have every hope that this election is going to be free uh, of, of fraud and it's going to be one of integrity. And I think all of us should push for that, uh, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're independent, or whether you're a Republican. Yeah, and he's referring to the, sti- the site Stop California Fraud, stopcafraud.com. Uh, when you get to Larry's site, it, it takes you there, but you can just go straight to stopcafraud.com and uh, report all the fraud that you saw. And, of course, uh, what will that do? Nothing. Probably nothing. Probably nothing. Very, very, very 99.9% chance of nothing. You know, in my eyes, California and this country, it's going to take a revolution. It's going to take, it's not going to, this is not going to be a peaceful, it's either going to be a, it's either going to be a civil war, which essentially is already starting, but it's going to get, it's going to get physical or it's going to be a, uh, or it's going to be a secession and the United States is going to break up because the Republicans, the, the conservative people of this country are only going to take so much before they say enough. Right. And I can almost see them. They did this with January 6th, right? They stirred up the Democrats, the FBI in collusion with Antifa and the Democrats stirred up this false narrative of what happened on January 6th and used that as a pretext to clamp down on those white supremacists, those damn white supremacists that keep like storming our capital and and uh, this, that, and that. So it's almost like, you know, you can see this as, yeah, they want to create that. They almost want to stoke a civil war so that they can clamp down on it and create even higher restrictions on people. There, there's people that are still in jail from January 6th. People are baked Alaska. We had on this show. Apparently his trial just started yesterday. We'll have to see what happens there. But uh, yeah, we, we basically now have political prisoners in the United States. Yeah. Brandon Straka spoke Thursday night at the mm. event I was at. Um, and he was in jail for two days as well. He didn't, he didn't go into the Capitol. Um, he was there filming from outside the Capitol and he's basically telling, hey, it's all it's all over. Don't even go in. And it's all on film. And he spent two days in there. And uh, and that's one of the reasons I went up to uh, to uh, Congressman Calvert and said, hey, why is this stuff allowed to happen? Because it's not just Brandon. It was it was Tim G&A. It was uh, Siaka Masakoy. Mm-hmm. It's a whole bunch of people that we've talked and some people that we've talked to that wouldn't go on the air. And uh, it's. Why is this allowed to happen? Why are why are we allowing the government to treat people this way? It's it's like being in in communist China. Yeah, it is. It's ironic because or, nor, or North Korea, but probably more more realistic. Right, North Korea. We're we're going that direction. We're going there fast. It's funny because my daughter, senior in high school, is reading 1984, the George Orwell novel, which was actually written in 1947. I didn't realize that, but as she's reading, as we're talking about discussing this book. It's like, man, if you if you could see where we are now, this is where we're going. Look at Australia. They're locking people up. Yep. They're, they're taking away their freedoms. Australia is a big, fat prison state at this point. The whole country has succumbed to this. Where's all the uh, the tough people? I, I want to use the word bad A. I can't say it on the air. Where are all the, the tough, bad A people in Australia that are going to rise up against this? Yeah, I have to, I have to pull out that one uh, YouTube clip about man up. Man up, or I uh, forget how he says it, but it's funny. Mm. Um, so anyway, we'll go on. We'll go on to the next part here. So uh, Biden's. Let's get off of uh, California. And get on to the to the whole country. Biden's honeymoon is over. Joe Biden was supposed to unite us. 
and bring peace to the nation, but his failure to deliver on the promise by further dividing Americans for over COVID, his failure to address the migrant crisis, and a d- disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, surrender more like, has resulted in his lowest approval rating since taking office. A Quinne- Quinnipiac University poll Wednesday showed 42% approve of Biden's overall performance, while 50% disapprove, breaking down the policy, the poll by specific issues. On foreign policy, 34% approve, 59% disapprove. A month ago, it was 44 to 44. Now it's 34 to 59 uh, since the uh, since the surrender in Afghanistan. On Biden's COVID response and handling of the pandemic, 48% approve, 49% disapprove, uh, proving that once again, this administration is completely tone deaf. Biden continues to shame Americans who choose not to get vaccinated this week, while Jen Psaki flat out admitted there's no vaccine mandate for more than 200,000 migrants at the border. Then why is it that you're trying to require anybody with a job or anybody who goes to school to get the COVID-19 vaccine, but you are not requiring that of migrants that continue walking across the southern border into the country? Well, look, our objective is to get as many people vaccinated across the country as humanly possible. It's a requirement for people at a business with more than 100 people. It is not a requirement for migrants at the southern border. Why? That's correct. Well, it's not required for migrants at the southern border, 200,000 of them, and it's not required for 500,000 postal workers either. So how serious can this be? Uh, you know, there, it's funny because a week ago there was talk about SB 455 in Sacramento, which would have mandated businesses like me to require proof of vaccination for my employees as well as my customers. And this thing ended up dying, actually. And I did what they said to do. You call your assembly people, call your state senators. And I, I did. I call them all and told them, look, as a business person, this is this is wrong. I'm not going to enforce this. But as I'm driving to work, I thought, you know what? This is the hill I am willing to die on, meaning that I will, first of all, I personally will never get vaccinated. Never, never, never. I've already had COVID. And according to the science, my natural immunity is between 12 to 30 times stronger than any artificial vaccine anyways. One of my employees, one of my key employees who was vaccinated just got COVID last weekend. So it's not even a real vaccine. It doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. But but my point is that I, I'm never, as a business, will ever mandate my employees or customers ever that they can't come in without a vaccination. I'm just not going to do it. You can find me into oblivion. You can jail me if you want. You can put a gun to my head, Ed. It's not going to happen. Not now, not ever. That, that just, it's just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. With you 100%. And that's one of the things that uh, Charlie Kirk said at, uh, at uh, Town Hall. To, hey, uh, refuse to comply. It's called civil disobedience, and we need to do it in mass, and we need to do it now. And we should have done this a year ago. Yes. And no, and no businesses would have gone out. Yeah, because here's the problem. If you allow them to force you to put a drug into your body, there's nothing they can't do. Nothing. So it might, and I'm, I'm seeing, you know, videos of people, firefighters, nurses who are walking off the job, Ed, people that have spent years and tons of money to get in, to get careers that they have are literally walking away rather than getting this vaccine. Yep. You're going to find it, you know, and especially when health workers, people that are in the, in the, the healthcare, uh, healthcare services, um, when they're, when they're the ones, they're not taking the vaccine. When I go over to Loma Linda for anything that I have to do, I always ask them, hey, have you got the vaccine? And most of them say, no. Are you going to? Yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still arguing about it. I'm still thinking about it. You know, that means no. They just don't want to 
tell people that they're that they're, they're that hell no I'm not going. It's no I will I will never do it. No they're gonna have to hold me down at gunpoint to to get a needle in my arm as well. And uh, you know when a when a government is that hard up to get a needle in your arm something's wrong. Something's wrong. And I know I've heard several people that we know, uh, women who have miscarried uh, after getting a vaccination. My niece, this is a real personal story, uh, just gave birth to a little boy yesterday, like 10 weeks early. You know, the little, little guy's only two and a half pounds. Very unusual to have a preemie, you know, that young. She had no problem with her first pregnancy. We, the, My point is we don't know what the effects of this vaccine are. We don't know. There hasn't been enough data on it. There hasn't been enough study. And at the end of the day, it's our body, our choice, Ed. Our body, our choice. Exactly. That's what I was and, told. Uh, and uh, and I've heard I've heard there's reports that people that mothers that have gotten vaccinated that are breastfeeding their their infants and their infants die. There's problems. Yeah, there's problems. But we nobody's going to talk about that though. Nope, 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 nope. Well, we will. So anyway, hey, we're out of time for the first half of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and we'll be right back with lots more. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with, with Summit Funding. If you, uh, I don't talk about a lot about real estate and finance, but if you wanna, if you wanna learn about real estate and finance, there's nobody better than me. If you want some advice, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty, or go to edhoffman.net and uh, do the uh, do the cyber thing. We'll help you uh, find your missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Hey, so if you uh, didn't join us in the first half, uh, with me in the studio this week is uh, Scott McPhee, proprietor of Don's Bikes in Rialto and Redlands. Scotty, welcome Ed, back. Great to be back in the house. All right, so before uh, before the break, we were talking about all the COVID stuff. The one thing we left out hmm. was there's, uh, there's some uh, video out there uh, drone video from uh, over the International Bridge in Del Rio, Texas, um, showing migrants. So here's a tweet from Bill Bill Malugin from uh, Fox. Our drone is back over the International Bridge in Del Rio, Texas. Per source, the number of migrants waiting to be processed was has now swelled over 8,200, 8, and apparently now it's 10,000. It was 4,000 yesterday uh, in the morning. Doubled in one day. Border Patrol overwhelmed, and I'm told the situation is out of control. So now it's at uh, now it's at ten thousand, and apparently to fix this, the FAA uh, grounded the drone. So hey, you know what? Uh, we just don't want people seeing it. So Fox's uh, uh, news drone can't fly over there, and they say it's for special security reasons. Yeah, we don't want the Biden administration to look bad. You know, Ed, call me old fashioned, but I want to call them illegal aliens, not migrants. Migrants sort of implies that I want you to come in here, and I really don't. Uh, this There's probably no bigger issue that breaks my heart more, that it's hard, it's painful for me to even think about, is the changing of our demographics, the changing of our culture. This is pretty obvious what we're doing. They're, they're importing a bunch of Democrat voters, and in the process, they're going to destroy this country, and they don't really care. They don't care. Well, they're destroying anyway, so... And the reason, and and keep this in keep this in con in in perspective, the the whole COVID thing. As long as as long as COVID's around, they can keep the uh, all mail in voting thing uh, alive, and that's how they cheat. That's the only way they can cheat to where we don't have you know, and and the and the states like Florida and Texas and a few other ones that are that are making uh, uh, voter reform. We have to applaud them and we have to push for it. We won't get it here in California. We won't get it here in California because we just, we just overthrew the recall. 
And so we have an idiot for a governor and, a, and obviously a bunch of idiot voters or, uh, or some, uh, a naive, a naive or corrupt, uh, voting system. So, um, but this needs to go across the country, it needs to go across the country. In fact, uh, one of the things that, uh, Charlie Kirk said last week at town hall, he said that, you know, at some point, the only way that we're going to fight this is for the States to take over and for the States to say, Hey, you know what? We're kicking you out. We're kicking. So, so use the, 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 uh, XL pipeline, uh, for, for a, uh, example, Hey, you know what? That XL pipeline comes in from Canada and Montana, and then it cruises across Montana, hits the lower, lower corner of North Dakota. Then it goes into South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas, and then into the Gulf. All they got to do is, and this is one of the, one of the calls that I'm making to the governor of Montana as a Montana property owner now, Hey, you know what? Tell them, screw you. We're working. The EPA can, can stay out of our country. And I guess that's the department of interior. Um, just kick them out and start the X, the XL pipeline again, start it again and let the, and let the federal, the feds come in and try to, to, to stop a bunch of, uh, uh, oil pipeline workers and just do it. And then the governor of North of North Dakota and uh, Christy Nome in South Dakota and on down through Texas and just tell them, hey, screw you. We're doing this. This is our state. You're out of here. And, you know, that's the didn't matter what the federal government said about when Trump was in there with uh, sanctuary cities and sanctuary, everything else. They just the states just said, hey, we're going to be a sanctuary state. Hey, then the Democrats are strong enough to just say no. Now it's time for the Republicans to do the same thing. Hopefully the governors are stronger than our than our Congress people and our senators because our senators and Congress people seem to be wet noodles and uh, they don't have the, the backbone to stand up. Um, I would say by this time next year, we should be pushing out all the old time Republicans and get strong new, new young fighters um, to replace them as well as replace all the Democrats. And uh, hopefully we can we can accomplish that. So let's go on to Anthony Blinken hearings this week. Uh, in his first appearance on Capitol Hill since the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken faced more than five hours of questions from the members of the House Committee on Foreign Affairs on Monday and more questioning from the Senate Foreign Relations Committee on Tuesday. Blinken provided very little new information, stuck to the Biden administration's same talking points of why everything went south so quickly with the withdrawal. We inherited Trump's deadline. There are only 100 Americans left, and most of them want to stay in Afghanistan. And my favorite, the 64 million we're giving Afghanistan won't be snatched up by the Taliban. Rand Paul called BS on that. This week, you've now released $64 million in aid to Afghanistan. Don't we have some prohibition against giving aid and comfort to the enemy? Now, the argument from the Biden administration is, oh, we're giving it to charities, and it's for the good of the people, for poor people, and for women. Well, the Taliban has a history of taking this. Throughout their governance, they would take the money. This was a big complaint we had when they were in power the last time. They now have $80 billion worth of weapons, 350,000 automatic weapons. Do we really, are we really naive enough to believe that we're just going to keep sending charity to Afghanistan and they're not going to interrupt it? There's still about $10 billion out there that was designated for the Afghan government. Can you pledge today without equivocation that the Biden administration will not release any of this money to the Taliban? 
uh, absent the Taliban, making good on the uh, commitments and expectations of the uh, international community that I've outlined uh, previously. That's correct. Maybe we could deduct a fee for the weapons they took. So, uh, Senator, uh, you're right that about uh, $80 billion worth of weaponry has been provided over the course of the last 15 or 16 years. Uh, much of that, uh, the, the significant weaponry, planes, helicopters, is actually inoperable, will soon become inoperable because it can't be maintained. In terms of the strategic threat that that weaponry poses, uh, it doesn't to us or to Afghanistan's nation. You, you can't say you're not going to give them the money. If they behave, you're going to give them the money. Why don't we subtract the $80 billion from the $10 billion you're going to give them? Then they're minus 70 still. I mean, really, the fact that you're entertaining good behavior that they'll get more money, I think, is a big mistake and a naive notion that we're going to somehow change this Stone Age philosophy by giving them more of our money. Yeah, as long as they become, as long as they remain professional and businesslike. Yeah, as long as they hold up to their commitment and expectations, Ed. As long as they follow the rules, Ed, we'll be just fine. And, and I like his comment. It sounds like we're just going to wait for those Blackhawk helicopters for the carburetors to rust out them, and then they'll be inoperable. Well, you know what? But with that kind of money's worth of stuff, and with the aid we're giving them, couldn't they hire people to go over and like maintain this stuff, Ed? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is <laughs> can't be maintained. How do you know they can't be maintained? They're just, they're all just going to run out of gasoline, Ed, and then they and, can't fly them. And all those automatic weapons didn't did we did we pull out the uh the the gun maintenance kits you know the little things to clean the barrels and to and to lubricate all the all the little pieces in the guns uh we took those but we left the guns there god forbid they can't find those how to clean your m16 videos on youtube right? i know exactly i mean hey <laughs> you know someone showed me how to, how to take apart my guns and and clean them and mm -hmm. then uh, by the time i ran enough rounds through them to clean them I still haven't done my AR-15 because they said run 5,000 rounds before you uh, before you take it apart because mm. uh, I got me one of these SIG high-end, uh, SIG Sauer high-end ones. Okay. Um, they said 5,000 rounds. That's a lot of that's a lot of bullets to go yeah. through uh, AR-15. So, um, so when when it was time to clean the clean the handguns, I just hey YouTube, how do you clean a Springfield 45, mm -hmm. whatever it was, right? And uh, then I went on to my uh, to my nine millimeters, and I went on to my uh, the little three eighty, and those guys don't have YouTube in uh, in, in Afghanistan? Afghanistan. No, they uh, they got a lot of money. I'm sure they could buy some computers and get a little internet service with all that cash. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they don't even need it. They got a, they probably have uh, what's the Starlink, the one the satellite satellite internet network that Tesla put out. Oh, mm. it's not up yet. Okay. Uh, they have something. They have something because they're somehow everybody's emailing here saying, come get me out. <clears throat> All right. So uh, Senator Paul also asked Blinken if the State Department has finally figured out whether the target that we killed in a drone strike was an ISIS-K fighter, as the Biden administration proudly told us, or was it really, as we found out Friday morning, three innocent aid workers and seven kids? Guy the Biden administration droned, was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, the administration is, of course, reviewing that, uh, that strike. Uh, and I'm sure that a you know full assessment will be will be for so you. Don't know if it was an aid worker or an ISIS K operative. Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event. You'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody with a predator drone whether he's an aid worker or he's an ISIS K. So you don't know or won't tell us. Uh, I don't. I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it. It's funny how when Trump was uh, targeting guys with uh, with the uh, with the drones. They got that Soleimani guy, the head dude from uh, Iraq. 
or Iran, I'm sorry, the Iran uh, terrorist general, mm-hmm. and they got a uh, what's the guy's name from ISIS? Uh, it was uh, ba- Big Daddy, Baghdadi, Baghdadi, Baghdadi. I forget. I can't remember his name now. Baghdadi. Baghdadi. Is that a car or is that a uh, that's a, a Bru- mafia guy? Oh, that Bugatti. was Gotti. Bugatti's the car, and. I forget the guy. <laughs> I think it was. I think it's Baghdadi or Baghdadi. It was that it. Okay. Yeah, something like that. But you know what? Trump, who has no foreign military experience, and as my sister said, had no foreign policy. We're going to have a president with no foreign policy experience for the next four years. Well, hey, now we got now we got a moron who's been in uh, in Senate and all these uh, foreign relations committees for forty seven years, and he can't he can't even tell the difference between an aid worker and a uh, ISIS K fighter. And a bunch of children. Apparently, off the air, we did confirm that it was an aid worker and a bunch of kids. So yeah, what a what a what a and they hero. and they knew it too. They knew it. Uh, what a what a hero, uh, President uh, Joe Biden is. Uh, you know, you know, we just this is not who this is not who we are, man. Come on, we just gotta we we gotta these guys aren't so bad. They're they're okay guys over there, but they they we're gonna eat their lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. <clears throat> it's just, it's it's laugh. The whole world is laughing at at us and our country, and uh, our you know just it's it's embarrassing. Uh, now I send now I send text to my sister. It's time for you to admit you screwed up, and of course I don't get any I don't get any answers. Hmm. So I guess uh, I guess uh, uh, me and my sister aren't talking. Oh well. Another Republican who stood out in the in the hearing was Rob Portman of Ohio pointing out the difference between who we evacuated versus who we left behind. As most of us already knew, getting out of getting out Afghans was a bigger priority for, uh, for the Biden administration than getting out American citizens. That's true, that we left people behind who had stood with us and helped us. Obviously, American citizens were left behind. Green card holders were left behind. But thousands of people who stood with us and helped us. And then let's ask about... Who came? Earlier, there was discussion about what kind of vetting has taken place. The best numbers we have is that about three quarters of the people who were evacuated were not green card holders, were not American citizens, were not SIV applicants. So about three quarters of these individuals may not have qualified in the sense. Not only that, Ed, but apparently they're busing all these people to red states. Isn't that kind of interesting? And my biggest question is, uh, putting aside the tragedy of leaving Americans behind and somehow managing to get out tens of thousands of these people from Afghanistan that we have no idea who they are, who's paying for all this? Who's paying for their education? Who's paying for their health care? Who's paying for their housing, clothing, on and on and on? How, how do we afford this? How are we? And who's paying? who's paying for the... To support the families of the people they kill when when a certain percentage of them are terrorists. Bad, bad, bad. Just uh, it, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yes, it is. Then Ted Cruz asked Blinken about the report that the State Department gave the Taliban a list of people we were trying to get out, thereby putting a target on these people's backs. Did the State Department give the Taliban a list or multiple list of Americans and or Afghans that we wanted out? Those reports and the idea that we would do anything to endanger our citizens or anyone else at a time when we were trying to save their lives is flat out wrong. In limited instances where we were seeking to get a bus or a group of people through a checkpoint, we gave a manifest 
to the people at the checkpoint to demonstrate that those people were expected. Roughly how many names were on the list you gave? Uh, it doesn't matter because they all... Dozens, they, hundreds, thousands. Give us some order of magnitude. This happened in a, in a handful of situations where to Dozens? Get through, so is it your I, testimony it wasn't hundreds? I want to understand, did you give them thousands of names? No, I, we did not. Yeah, we don't know. It was a it was a bus or a group. Could have been a group of buses, and maybe all the groups of buses weren't filled yet, or they had to go back and get refills. And meanwhile, they have the list of everybody we wanted out. Well, see, what you don't understand is Taliban runs Uber over in Afghanistan, so we had to give the Uber drivers the lists, Ed, so they'd know who where to pick them up. Right. Right. Amazing. Amazing. The stupidity. The stupidity of Democrats is overwhelming is overwhelming. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, several Democrats questioned Blinken and just like, uh, and just like in every other, in every other, uh, uh, Senate hearing or house hearing, they appeared empathetic with Biden administration case in point, Ed Markey of Massachusetts. And I want to be sure that Americans at home understand the position president Biden was placed in president Trump's deal with the Taliban exchanged a halt in Taliban offensives against our troops for a commitment that we would leave the country by May of this year. President Biden faced a choice of having to break that deal, essentially restarting the war in Afghanistan and risk increased attacks against U.S. troops or to get our troops home as promised. But President Trump, of course, did not leave an actual plan to evacuate well, all of those who uh, should have been taken out of Afghanistan. And President Trump's vision without a plan is and was an hallucination. So that left it then ultimately to the Biden administration, uh, which did its best. Yeah, he's talking out his butt because his mouth knows better. You know what? Uh, all you got to do is Google is Google uh, Donald Trump's uh, evacuation plan from Afghanistan. I think it's only like four or five pages, and it lays out the conditions on on everything. And well, he didn't he didn't he didn't have a plan for for evacuation. Well, you know the first thing is uh, evacuate the people while the military is still there. You know the weird thing is too. Every time I hear President Biden or the Biden administration, it it just seems odd to me because there is no President Biden or Biden administration. It's a big fraud. It's a big hoax. It's a bunch of idiots, and it's like oh oh well you know oh nobody told us what to do. Well, if you're qualified to be president or any position that you happen to have, you don't need people to tell you what to do. You know right from wrong. Well, you know uh, he wrote two and two, but he didn't tell us what the answer was. What a bunch of idiots. Reminding us what Joe Biden knew about the risk of the withdrawal, when he knew it, and why he authorized the withdrawal anyway. Here's Marco Rubio on Hannity. When Joe Biden held a press conference where he had this sort of July 8th, when he stood up and sort of argued in this naive optimism about the state of the Afghan military, he knew that they had had the worst fighting season since the start of the conflict 20 years ago. He knew that they were slowly and methodically isolating Kabul, cutting off all its supply lines. He knew that because the airstrikes had ended, the Taliban was not able to mass five, 6,000 fighters outside of major cities. You could see the writing of the wall. You could see what direction this was going. And, and, and it was pretty clear they were 
warned repeatedly that this could spiral very quickly and without warning, and they ignored it because he wanted a big signing. He wanted a big ceremony on September 11th to brag about how he got us out of the war on the 20th anniversary, and that's what he did. And his artificial timeline and the reality of the real world did not match up, and what we have now is this catastrophe, which has humiliated our country. And residents of the United States are stuck in Afghanistan tonight and may die because of this incompetent administration. And the blood is on all you Democrats' hands, all you idiots that decided you didn't like Trump because he tweets. And, uh, and that's, and that's, we just have a completely incompetent government. And I think it's time that we start breaking the protocols and start, uh, empowering people to say, Hey, enough, enough of this BS. We need our country back before it goes, gets any worse. You know, the longer we keep the borders open and keep letting all these, all these people that don't have our culture, that don't have our best interests in mind, the the less recognizable this country is going to be for our kids and our grandkids. It's sad. Let's talk about Millie the Trader, new book from uh, Washington Post. Bob Woodward and political reporter Robert Costa say the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff, General Mark Milley, first appointed by Trump in 2018, spoke with China's top general twice near the end of the Trump presidency to assure him that the U.S. did not plan to wage a war with China. Mm, I thought that's one of the things that Trump said we weren't going to do is broadcast, broadcast our plans. But apparently we have a traitor in there. Uh, why did he think this was necessary? Well, according to Woodward and Costa's book, which is called Peril, the Chinese Liberation Army was worried that Trump appeared to be acting so erratically that he might order an attack on China, triggering a war. I didn't see him acting erratically. Um, And I watch him every day. All right, so I'm not in the White House. So Milley took it upon himself to reassure China that things in the United States were 100% steady, even if democracy can get sloppy sometimes. Millie spoke with General Li Zuocheng of the People's Liberation Army twice, once in late October before the election, and again in January after the Capitol, Capitol Hill riot. The book implies that Millie was motivated to make the second call after speaking with Nancy Pelosi, who called Trump crazy and said he ought to be arrested for what happened on January 6th. You know, telling everybody to walk patriotically and peacefully down to the Capitol. Millie, who is who's supposed to be unbiased as a military official, responded with, I agree with you on everything. Nancy, you're the greatest. I love you. Anyway, I might have uh, added some stuff to, to that after the I agree with you on everything. Uh, Millie later instructed the Pentagon officials that he had to be involved in any discussions about launching, a nucle- launching nuclear weapons, even though it's a president who would give such an order. Millie's apparent efforts go, go outside the chain of command, having, having angered the former president and some of his critics like Marco Rubio. As the Senate Intelligence Committee top-ranking Republican, Rubio demanded in a letter to Biden that he fire Milley for for having worked actively to undermine the sitting commander-in-chief and having contemplated a treasonous leak of classified information to the Chinese government. Well, first of all, anybody who knew Donald Trump and President Trump or worked around him knows that the notion that he was going to start a war at any, anywhere in the world unnecessarily is, is just not realistic. I want everybody to understand, look, you don't have to like Donald Trump to be concerned about this, okay? You have a the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, a military leader, basically ignoring the Constitution, deciding he's going to call a potential adversary and an enemy of the United States and collude with them and tell them, if I'm ever ordered to do something, I'm going to tell you about it first, and also break the chain of command when it comes to the nuclear codes of this country and its control 
is we basically now live in a country where a general can decide, I don't like what a president's doing. I don't think a president is in his right mind. I'm going to ignore his warning, and I'm going to collude with our potential enemies to prevent our president, elected by the people, from taking action, which, by the way, in this case, there's no sign that that action he was trying to prevent was ever well, going to happen. Imagine if tomorrow General Milley decides, I think Joe Biden is senile. And so you know what? I'm not going to follow his orders. I'm going to collude with Russia and China to prevent us from acting. Or, or, they, or a future president. I don't think he's in his right mind either because it, it is the essence, a military coup, for lack of a better term. That's what it would equate to. You know what I find interesting is of all of the descriptions <clears throat> that Rubio could have said, he used the word senile. Ed, why would he use the word senile? You know, uh, he could have said maybe he's got, I don't know, like a problem with his appendix or something. But he said senile i think because uh rubio probably will someday be president mm. as soon as his uh as soon as he's got his uh kids moved out of his house <laughs> and on their own uh if you don't know what i'm talking about read my book um but the uh you know rubio is just telling the truth he is senile he's 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 just out there he's got uh some sort of dementia or uh, uh alzheimer's disease or something he's not there we knew that before the election, and somehow he still got elected. He still got elected. Maybe he's got Alzheimer's, dementia. Maybe he's got Asperger's, which, by the way, would make a terrible name for a fast food chain. But I will say one thing about about General Milley. Does it does it me or does he? Every time I see the guy, he reminds me of Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. <laughs> Don't you think? You know, those yeah. eyebrows. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kinda. if you put those badges, you know, those all those medals on Sam the Eagle, I think it would be one of the same. Look, the point is this guy should be fired and then court-martialed for what he did. Absolutely. Case and closed. As, as should most everybody in the Biden administration, as should most everybody who allowed the big steal to happen November 20th and the days that followed. And it, it angers me that we all know it. We all know that Biden wasn't really, really elected, but we're just too chicken to push it that's right that's right but this is one of the few places where we can say it ed yep so uh folks uh keep your eyes open keep your mouth open make sure your mouth in your opinion because it just doesn't work if you don't uh, say something uh we're all out of time for this episode of the main event scott thanks for joining me always a pleasure ed and uh thanks for listening to the main event i'll be back again with you next week the opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of summit Funding incorporated ed hoffman nmls id number 9921 california trg id number 1012658 Arizona MLO license number 0926439 branch NMLS ID number 1841782 Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199 Arizona license number 0925837 Equal Housing Opportunity